Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. A mask mandate will remain in place at Hamilton's public school board after March break. Why is hashtag Trudeau national disgrace trending on Twitter? Elementary school students will soon have a new hands-on science curriculum. We'll tell you about all the events and activities that are taking place in Hamilton during March break. Raceline radio host Eric Thomas joins us to discuss the show's 30th anniversary. And the OHL-leading Hamilton Bulldogs are getting ready for their biggest game of the season on and off the ice. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. No families will travel. We know that Hamilton in particular um, has some of the lowest vaccination rates for the 5 to 12 uh, year old age group. Welcome back to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you. That's the voice of Hamilton Wentworth District School Board Trustee Maria Felix Miller commenting during a um, entertaining debate, if I can use that word, says Ontario's mask mandate ends March 21st. The local public board has voted to extend it for students and staff for a little while longer. Here to chat about it is Lisa Pileski, reporter at 900 CHML. Lisa, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Rick. I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I was following your live tweeting last night. You know, I had one eye on the hockey game and one eye on your Twitter <laughs> feed. And uh, it was during the school board meeting, obviously, as you were covering the meeting. And it sounded like the debate was a lively one. Tell us about it. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, initially, the special meeting was called just to deal with the fact that the board had um, implemented its own kind of mask mandate for grades uh, kindergarten to grade three. And that was uh, in addition to the provincial mandate. So they, they basically the uh, under the Education Act, they're supposed to rescind the um, that that mandate because whatever the ministry has decided, which is that the mask mandate will end on March 21st, uh, that basically supersedes anything uh, individual boards can do. So that was why the meeting was called. However, uh, they ended up not uh, voting to rescind that motion. And in fact, Trustee Johnstone brought forward her own motion to actually get a board-specific mask mandate for grades 4 to 12, covering the remainder of grades, um, as well as uh, covering staff, which was an amendment from, as you heard, uh, Trustee Maria Felix Miller there. So all students and staff in Hamilton Public Schools will have to be masked until April 15th. Is that the way they're moving ahead? That is what they are doing. Now, the interesting thing here is that they don't actually have the authority to enforce this. This was kind of a topic of discussion. Uh, the interim director of education was highlighting that, you know, that you, you can essentially implement a policy, but you can't tell people that they have to follow it. Uh, there could be a judicial review from the ministry is something that he mentioned, uh, as well as there could be grievances filed uh, um, from unions or unionized employees. So uh, it, not to mention the difficulty of uh, staff in schools having to enforce this, which was something that uh, was mentioned as well. And uh, one of the student trustees highlighted that as a concern. So, yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens with this going forward. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Lisa Pileski, reporter with 900 CHML. We're chatting about the mask mandates, not just in the province, but the Hamilton-Wentworth District School Board voting to extend it for students and staff until mid-April. So what happens now? And you might not even have, have, have an answer to this. Do they need, does the school board need approval from the Ministry of Education? 
they they essentially so the board really can't it enforce its own uh, they can't implement their own public health measures that's just something that is is the case however hamilton public health i believe uh dr richardson does have the authority to perhaps implement uh a specific board mandate but I th what I understand is that I think she would even still have to talk with the Chief Medical Officer of Health of Ontario. Um, we've still been, uh, Global News has reached out to uh, the uh, public health, Hamilton Public Health, to try and get some answers on this. But they've essentially said, um, we're still in discussions, we're still trying to figure out what's going on, and they uh, will have an answer in the coming days. So we, we really don't know what's going to happen with this going forward. It really is kind of... Uh, it's a situation. We keep using the word unprecedented, but mm -hmm. <laughs> it applies here too. Absolutely. It, it appears trustees are erring on the side of caution. They're, you know, they're pointing to the signs behind masks to keep the mandate in place. Was that really the foundation for their decision that they want to be cautious? Yeah, especially it was highlighted that, I mean, the mask mandate's being dropped right after March break when a lot of kids will be, you know, seeing family or friends and things like that. They might be traveling. Um, it So the timing of it was kind of highlighted by everyone. It felt rushed, was mentioned. Um, you know, the fact that there was, the board had to call a special meeting to even discuss this. And they, you know, there was so little time. March break is next week. So a lot of frustration about the timing of this um, and, and the fact that we're just not ready. I mean, even Dr. Uni has said I, he would have preferred to see it in place just a little longer. Well, we'll see what uh, the next steps will be, both from the board and from uh, the, the uh, provincial government. Lisa, really appreciate the time today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. Take care. You too. That is Lisa Pleski, 900 CHML reporter. You can check out her story on this on 900CHML.com. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. I want to talk a little bit about disinformation and why the hashtag Trudeau National Disgrace has been trending on Twitter. As we know, Prime Minister is overseas as he has been visiting with several European leaders, uh, is actually heading back to Canada today after a whirlwind four-country tour to address uh, how to ramp up pressure on Russia to end its invasion of Ukraine. We've heard over the last number of days from not only Mr. Trudeau, but several other government officials, Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Christopher Freeland, uh, Defense Minister Enid Anand, Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie, all announcing or referring to sanctions and, and the war in Ukraine. New sanctions against Roman, or Roman, Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich. He's the uh, owner of the Chelsea soccer team. And he operates a lot of other uh, businesses. Is also a major shareholder in a steel mill in Regina. Trudeau announcing new sanctions before departing Warsaw following his European trip. On top of that, we will be placing restrictions on 32 military entities in Russia that will be prevented from receiving uh, any form of Canadian uh, equipment or uh, supplies. A PM also saying that he could not rule out a Canadian airlift of Ukrainian refugees. How many, we do not know. But we do know many do want to leave Ukraine and come to Canada. We're also expecting to hear... Monday, or pardon me, Tuesday morning from uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. He's agreed to address Parliament next Tuesday morning. But to the disinformation uh, topic, 
we've seen a number of photos of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in Europe, and most of his detractors say, hey, look at him, he's just you know, smiling for the cameras, here's another photo op, why, why doesn't he do something substantive? Uh, there's also a UK radio show called The Independent Republic of Mike Graham, and it has a weekly feature called Plank of the Week. It's basically a bit in which they poke fun at a person for being a doofus or a plank of the week. Well, this week, one of the panelists picked Canada's Prime Minister. Yes, Justin Trudeau. Have a listen. This angers me. Does it? This oh, actually really angers me. Does it involve TV? Me. No. Well, oh, it does. It oh. involves someone going on television and talking the biggest load of claptrap I've ever heard in my life. And that is, of course, the pretty boy himself. He's got a foppish hairdo. He looks like Hugh Grant. It is... Justin Trudeau. Oh, yes. The uh, Canadian he's Prime here, Minister. Isn't he he uh, did a press conference with Mr. Viral himself, What's he doing Boris here, Johnson. By the way? Oh, he went to meet the Queen, did a little visit. I'm no, surprised no. he didn't freeze her bank account and, you know, have a go <laughs> of a protest. Because yeah. he gave this great long diatribe today against Putin, saying that he wants respect for sovereignty, he wants to have democracy stood for, oh, yeah. he wants to stay true to these values, he wants to fight for that all over the world. This was a man that basically froze the bank accounts of truckers, mm -hmm. decided that he was going to, to forcibly round them up. He took tactics directly out of the rule book of Vladimir Putin to deal with his own people. And then he has the audacity and the lack of self-awareness to stand at a podium and tell us that he wants to fight for sovereignty and democracy. Mm -hmm. He's a hypocrite. He has a neck made of brass and he's a moron. He said, quote, Trudeau took tactics directly out of the rule book of Vladimir Putin to deal with his own people. Is he seriously comparing the way convoy protesters were handled by police in Ottawa to how Putin deals with his adversaries? Uh, last I checked, some of Putin's adversaries have been poisoned, in prison, beaten, and tortured. Not quite the same. Uh, hashtag Trudeau National Disgrace was trending on Twitter the other day. Most of the tweets were focused on Trudeau's photo ops, including some with European leaders. There was even one post that ridiculed Canada's Prime Minister for smiling while posing for a photo with some Canadian military members. One person wrote, "Psychiatry, or in psychiatry, we call this behavior inappropriate effect. People with normal mental health do not laugh for a photo op in midst of war. And the photo shows a close-up of Trudeau smiling. It seems understandable, but here's the problem. When you look at the original picture, Trudeau is smiling. Yeah, there's, there's no denying that. But the original photo includes 30 people in total. Trudeau, who's crouching beside Defense Minister Anita Anand, and they're joined by 28 CAF soldiers. Back to the quote. You know, people with normal mental health do not laugh for a photo op in midst of war. Well, of the 30 people in the photo, Trudeau, Anand, and 28 soldiers, 16 of whom you can clearly make out their facial expression because some faces are not visible or they're concealed by military masks. Well, 13 of the 18 total faces we see in the photo are smiling. Two politicians, 11 soldiers, smiling. There you go. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Ontario is revising its elementary science curriculum, including a new section involving hands-on technology and engineering learning and coding. Kind of cool. New STEM learning will include grade 6 students designing and testing devices such as flying machines, Grade 8 students are going to design a system that replicates a conveyor belt. They're also going to learn some coding skills and environmental protection. How come these cool subjects weren't taught when I was going to school? I want to fly some stuff. Jason Myers is the CEO of Next Generation Manufacturing Canada and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Good morning, Jason. Morning, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you? 
I'm very well. Why is STEM so important for children? Well, really, basically, it uh, prepares young people for really promising careers in the future and uh, and maybe even more important for all Ontarians. Uh, it prepares the next generation workforce to uh, uh, to step in and actually be able to very productively help us grow the economy. In terms of opening doors for students when they're learning about coding and flying machines and conveyor belts, how does that prepare them for the quote unquote real world? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, uh, a lot of the basics of, uh, of science and math haven't changed, uh, but certainly the applications have. And, uh, and also some of the, uh, the skills that are required for young people to, uh, to pursue promising careers, and not only in work, but in, uh, in further education as well. So uh, <laughs> these applications are, are ways to apply scientific um, uh, knowledge or, uh, or mathematical knowledge uh, to real life problems. These are, you know, we're, we are developing in Ontario robotics that, uh, that are being used on the moon today. We're, we're developing far, uh, you know, very, very, very advanced uh, systems and, and even uh, uh, with uh, skilled trades. Uh, and, and for anybody working in, uh, in business today, Work the issue or the issue and and uh, uh, the the career is based on working with uh, pretty advanced technologies, and that's only going to become more important uh, in in the future. So all, all of this is uh, is really helping young people understand the basics of uh, of how these technologies work, and it's also preparing them. I think uh, young people want to make a difference today, whether that's in addressing climate change or food security or health and safety, and it's it's really preparing young people for. Uh, for tackling some of these big problems in the future. When I was in elementary school, and this was many, many moons ago, the only flying machine I made was a paper airplane. (laughs) Uh, Is this going to get more kids excited in science and math and technology and engineering? Well, I I hope so. And that's that's the idea. But you know what? I maybe one person, one young person who's not on technology today. I mean, uh, kids, you know, eat up technology. That's what it's uh, that's what it's all about. But it's interesting. It's really uh, interesting. And I think it's really important for them uh, to be able to see how that technology works and looking at how to apply other technologies that are just as interesting. Like we've got lots of young people playing games today. And uh, surprisingly, uh, a lot of uh, of girls as well as boys uh, playing games. Well, you know, the careers of the future uh, are going to be uh, digitally oriented, they're going to be using tools like virtual technology and, and virtual reality and augmented reality. Uh, and it's not too different from games. But, you know, these are, if young people are interested in in technology uh, at this stage, at a very early stage of their academic career, then continue that interest and, and build careers that uh, around that uh, because those are those are exactly the types of skills that they're going to need in the future. We're talking about Ontario revising its elementary science curriculum here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Our guest is Jason Myers, CEO of Next Generation Manufacturing Canada. How is NextGen helping to reduce the skilled labour shortage going forward? Well, we've been working over the past year uh, and have developed a career called careersofthefuture.ca. Take a look on the website. Uh, there, it's uh, the campaign is really focusing on attracting young people into advanced manufacturing careers and and making the point that 
you know, if you do want to make a difference in the world, advanced manufacturing is a great place to do that. But the the scope of the different types of careers, whether that is in skilled trades or it's in science and engineering and technology and research, or it's in business or it's in arts and design, all of those careers are available in uh, in advanced manufacturing. But they do require uh, a very basic understanding, first of all, at primary level at, of uh, of STEM uh, STEM skills, STEM knowledge, and uh, and then be able to use that, and um, not only in the career of the future, but uh, but as as young people are pursuing their academic career through high school and then through um, uh, college and university. It is a great initiative, and I'm sure it's going to produce many uh, qualified and engaged employees in the future. Jason, really appreciate the the discussion this morning. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah, thanks very much, Rick. That is Jason Myers, CEO of Next Generation Manufacturing Canada. And this is an exciting program. If you have a kid who's definitely interested in math and science and technology, you know, maybe they're always on their phone, maybe they're designing new things, or uh, they have that creative mind, they can really take the next step. And uh, yeah, one of the websites that they can go to, careersofthefuture.ca, so many different things you can do in that landscape. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. For those of you who are staying home for March break, what events and activities are being held here in Hamilton? Well, let's find out. Ryan McHugh is the manager of tourism and events for the city of Hamilton and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Rick. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Excellent. Despite this little dusting of snow, I'm doing well the Friday before March break. Yes. Snow, schmo. It's all going to melt on Monday anyways. High of nine degrees (laughs) on Monday. Uh, Today, by the way, marks the two-year anniversary of COVID-19 being declared a worldwide pandemic, uh, which I think is going to make this March break feel a lot different and in a good way compared to the past two because of COVID. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, you do see uh, with things opening up, uh, there's a great, great uh, listing of events and programs happening in the city. So there's so much to check out. And one thing I do want to say to your listeners, if you're looking for great uh, March break uh, activity ideas, uh, visit tourismhamilton.com. We have a whole bunch of listing of events and great material of how best to uh, enjoy uh, everything that's open. And yes, you're right. The the tone here is very optimistic. A lot of great events in the city. And Rick, if it's okay with you, I'd love to speak to some of those great events. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think the biggest one, and there are a number of very cool ones on tap over the next few days, the biggest one will happen this Sunday at Tim Hortons Field. It's the NHL's Heritage Classic. There's a big buzz about this event. Absolutely. This is, uh, you know, this really is a big deal. And uh, you know, I know there's temporary seating and, you know, this probably will have more people in attendance at Tim Hortons Field than we did even the Grey Cup, uh, given the other circumstances. This may be the biggest uh, crowd at the Tim Hortons Field we've experienced in that building's history. Uh, So for those who aren't aware, this is the 2022 Tim Hortons Heritage Classic. And as you mentioned, it'll be played at Tim Hortons Field uh, Sunday, March 13th. This is an outdoor regular season NHL hockey game between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres. And Rick, I know you're a big hockey fan, so uh, I expect you'll be watching her in attendance and um, you know, as Tourism Hamilton, we're seeing uh, a lot of people coming into town, a lot of hotel stays, so quite a bit of excitement around this great event. And the NHL, they've been telling uh, telling us that the ice uh, is coming in great, and they're expecting on Sunday, I believe it's going to be in the neighborhood of one degrees or zero. So great, great conditions for the ice. 
uh, and also as a fan, you know, nice, comfortable weather to go watch some great hockey. Um, and also, if you're not able to get tickets to the Heritage Classic, um, or if you just want to make it a great Hamilton sports weekend, uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs are playing the next day, so that's Monday, March 14th, again at Tim Hortons Field uh, against the Oshawa Generals. So just amazing that uh, you know the, the Bulldogs can uh, piggyback on all that great investment in the ice that's happening at Tim Hortons Field, uh, and really just a celebration of, you know, of hockey um, this weekend and into the Monday. And uh, you know our Bulldogs, they're, they're first place, so I know those tickets are going fast as well, and they're at a you know a much uh, more modest price point, so I would encourage everyone to take a look, and if you can get out and see one or both of those games, um, it's going to be some very, very exciting hockey, and Hamilton's going to be on display uh, you know, not only across Canada, but um, you know North America with the national broadcast of that Heritage Classic. So great sporting events. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be attending both of those events. Sunday, puck drop is at 4 between Leafs and Sabres. Monday night, 7 o'clock, Bulldogs and Oshawa Generals. I was at the stadium yesterday to pick up my media pass and notice that the boards are up, the temporary seating is up, there's you know vehicles and, uh, and apparatus all over the place in celebration of uh, Canada's uh, national pastime. What does these types of events, both of them really, do for tourism in Hamilton? Does it just get more eyeballs or does it actually get feet on the ground here in Hamilton uh, because other people are like, hey, I should visit Hamilton. Cool stuff is happening here. Uh, both. And you know, speaking to the you know, Heritage Classic first, because you have the Leafs you know, one hour down the road in one direction and the Sabres one hour down the road in the other, um, you know, our hotels have been reporting that they're seeing, you know, great uptick. And, you know, the accommodation sector and our tourism industry in general through COVID, you know, it was hard hit, right? So this is, uh, you know, a great event to help support uh, the recovery and reopening of that economy. So, you know, absolutely great entertainment for any Hamiltonians who want to go out and see some, you know, world-class hockey. But uh, we're going to have a lot of people coming in. You know, we have the new investment in the all-day go out of the West Harbor, um, you know, people flying into our airport. So uh, you got people you know, coming into Hamilton, staying in Hamilton, dining in Hamilton, shopping in Hamilton, uh, spending that entertainment dollar here. And that, that helps all Hamiltonians because, uh, you know, that uh, the tide lifts all boats, as they say. And uh, getting new money into this economy is just, uh, you know, great, uh, not just for the tourism and accommodation sector, but for Hamiltons and Hamiltonians in general. We have another minute with Ryan McHugh, Manager of Tourism and Events with the City of Hamilton, chatting about some of the events during March break. For those who are not uh, hockey fans, what can parents and do next? Uh, parents and kids do next weekend? Yeah, and, and there's a, a lot of great events beyond uh, hockey at all different price points. So at our uh, Hamilton Convention Center, uh, we actually have the Beyond Van Gogh uh, exhibit. So this is an immersive experience, and whether you're an art lover or not, uh, this just visually is stunning. So it's over 300 works uh, of Vincent Van Gogh projected over 300 square feet sorry, 30,000 square feet of space. So this is the country's largest immersive experience. Um, really, it, it is something, you know, at all ages, uh, just visually so appealing. So I'd encourage, encourage everyone to take a look at that. And also, um, it wouldn't be March break without Disney on Ice at the First Ontario Centre. So on March 17th to 20th, uh, Mickey's Search Party. Uh, so Disney on Ice will be there. I know I'll be there with my two little daughters and nieces and nephews. So that'll be great. Um and also, I just got to give a plug as well to our, our civic museums. Uh, so we have nine civic museums throughout Hamilton. I know my favorite is always Dundurn Castle, but um, the Hamilton Children's Museum uh, is also hosting a, a Wizarding Week workshop uh, at the Dundurn Historical Site. 
Uh, so this is suitable for children um, five and up. So uh, going to be some great uh, spooky and spellbound content there. So that's a, a great one. And, um, you know, as always, I know I have limited time here, but uh, would always ask the public to take a look at uh, you know, our art gallery, our Royal Botanical Gardens. They have the uh, Under the Canopy exhibit, uh, which is another immersive experience, which you know, gives uh, visit visitors um, experience of you know, the rainforest and all the vivid imagery and animals that you'd see. And also, you know, our War Plain Heritage Museum. Uh, it's its 50th anniversary. They have a lot of great programming, so no shortage of events and just attractions in Hamilton. And whether you're coming out of town or a Hamiltonian, just enjoying your own city, uh, we encourage you to go and uh, look at tourismhamilton.com and see, you know, what uh, what offerings would be suitable for you and your family. Lots of great things to see and do in this city during March break. Thank you, Ryan, and enjoy the March break as well. Thanks, you as well. Thank you so much for having me. Ryan McHugh is the Manager of Tourism and Events at the City of Hamilton. You can check out more details, tourismhamilton.com. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. 30 years ago, it's hard to believe, the Raceline Radio Network was born and it continues to entertain racing fans young and old. The host of Raceline Radio is Eric Thomas. Sundays, 8 p.m. right here on 900 CHML and E.T. joins us now on GMH. Eric, Good morning. How are you? Good. I'm good, Rick. Is that you? That's it. Here we are. I, here we are. We rarely chat this this early in the morning, but just before it goes any further, I have to let everybody know that, yeah, it's 30 years of Raceline Radio and Global News Radio 900 CHML, yourself, Jeff Story, and the staff there. We were in transition uh, quite a while ago. Uh, I don't even remember how long it was ago where we didn't have a studio, and you guys were, were nice enough, because I live in Niagara, live in Font Hill, and they say, well, instead of driving all the way into Toronto, why don't you do the show here? It's half the distance, and we have a studio here for you and we have done it out of chml of course when COVID is around we were doing it at home but we still call you guys a co-flagship station for good reason and you guys have been exemplary in your support of not only the sport but of this program and uh, we salute you guys as much as we salute anybody for uh, our history and getting to 30 years of kind of what's unheard of in radio it's niche programming it covers one sport but we've been very very fortunate to have great sponsors like subaru canada been with us every every show since show one 30 years ago and uh, general tire and a few others as well along the way and uh, I just wanted to make sure that we talked about that before we had to hang up and the segment was over. Well, I thank you for that. It's our <laughs> pleasure to, to be associated with you and the Raceline Radio brand. It's a fantastic program, um, uh, so much so that it's been around for 30 years. I mean, you're, you're doing something right. But when you, when you reflect on three decades of yeah. blood and sweat and tears, maybe not so much <laughs> blood, but you know, hard work working on the show, what does that milestone mean to you? It just means that we were right in in ninety two when we hit the air. It may, our first show was May seventh of nineteen ninety two. Was an extension to our Raceline Motorsport Television program on TSN and and Bruce Mellenbacher, who was who's still around, and John Massingbird, who left us a few years ago, got this idea that they wanted to put together a company and produce racing things in this country, knowing that the sport has been very historic and very popular in pockets across the country and has been really since the end of the Second World War. And the fact that we were able to launch the program and grow it to a national network just underlines the fact that the sport has always been very big in this country. And one of the other things, too, that propelled it and, and hit the air with, with Scott Goodyear, he, he helped us with our, our demo tape. Right as we launched the show, he had that heroic finish with Alan Sir Jr. at the Indy 500. And for a population as small as we are as, as compared to was around globally, we still produce ourselves some of the best 
historic and news-generating race car drivers, officials, and um, management people in this sport as any other country in the world. And that helped propel it as well. So we knew the show was popular. We may not have known that it was popular enough to keep our program on the air for three decades, but it certainly has been so. And it's been, you know, it's, it's a labor of love, basically. It's a terrible cliche, but, you know, I grew up with the sport. My dad took me to Merrittville Speedway when I was seven. Here I am, almost 70, and I, and I still love the sport. And, you know, it's a lot of work, but you know what? If it was busy, if it, sorry, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But because you love the sport so much, you don't mind the labor-intensive stuff that happens every once in a while. So it's been very, very rewarding. Well, that passion certainly comes through the radio. There's no doubt about it. From May 7th, 1992 to now, yep. is there one highlight? Is there a moment, an interview, a discussion, mm-hmm. something that you say, wow, that was unbelievable? One thing that ties it in is, Rick, and I'm glad, glad you asked that, is the fact that you can watch the sport or listen to it on the radio, but you, you talk to the real fan and they say you've got to get out and do it live. We were involved with the Indy race in Toronto where the stars of the Indy 500 came to our country and raced on the streets of Toronto. I was involved in the PA work there from 86, the very first one, right through till 92 when we launched Raceline Radio. And I remember specifically, Michael Andretti is a seven-time winner of that event, and we were doing live broadcasts from trackside and you know you know the feeling because you know you book guests all the time for your shows and over the years and and i had michael andretti who had just won his seventh and i had him booked and i didn't think he was going to make it we were just about ready to sign off the air and down thunder alley on an overloaded golf cart here's michael andretti and the indycar media guy delivering him to our broadcast location a huge crowd in front of our place waiting for him on the air, and a huge crowd in front of Michael Andretti shakes our hand, sits down, and says, well, this has been a perfect day. And we had a lovely interview with him. The other time, too, we had Mario Andretti, his dad, scheduled to come on with us, and it was pouring rain. And in a bunch of kids who had come under our canopy when we were broadcasting, get out of the rain, up comes this little face underneath this yellow raincoat, and it's Mario Gabriel Andretti, the winningest driver in our sport ever. And he's, he made his segment, and he jumped up on stage with us. And that are just a couple of little little, uh, little memory nuggets that we remember over the, uh, the 30 years we've been doing this. But we're lucky because our athletes are some of the most cooperative when it comes to you know knowing the fans are there entertaining the fans, make your radio segments because it's all promotion of the sport. And uh, it's been really, really good. All kinds of memories. We could talk for hours about it, but those are two that just come to mind. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Eric Thomas, the host of Raceline Radio. You can check out the show Sundays at 8 p.m. right here on 900 CHML. The 30th anniversary season is already underway. Love the logo, by the way. What are you, you. <laughs> what are you? What are you most looking forward to seeing or doing in 2022? Well... Uh, you and you and I will 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 chit chat on uh, on social media about Formula One because that all of a sudden has become, you know, prime time listening and and watching because of of the uh, of the the Netflix series, you know, Drive to Survive and the tension and the drama that's involved in in the championship and everybody's like, wow, I never knew it was like this. I so said, what the heck's kept you? Because we know it's been like this. But the the fact of the matter remains, you know, that I wasn't happy with the way last season ended. And Lewis Hamilton, with some pretty funky race direction, was basically robbed of his championship. And Verstappen had a great year, installed as the champion. I am most looking forward to seeing what Lewis does. Remember now, brand new car, brand new wheels, a whole different ball game. I'm looking to see how intense it's going to get even more now with Lewis Hamilton coming back for some revenge to grab that eighth 
championship, which is unbelievable, which will simply put him as the greatest of all time in terms of winning championships. And I'm looking forward particularly to that battle. The other thing, too, is COVID the last couple of years has really, really knocked the local track operators for a loop, and I'm looking forward to getting back to full capacity you know, in the spring, you know, Merrickville Speedway, Ransomville across the river, or, you know, a Humberstone or Flamborough or, or any of those that, that are around and have been around for a while really took a, a you-know-what kicking because of COVID, and I'm looking forward to getting back with full grandstands again because, God love them, we need the fans in the stands, and hopefully the COVID numbers will stay down and allow us to do that. Absolutely. Also looking forward to the Canadian Grand Prix returning here in 2022 exactly. as well. Yes. That should be a lot of fun. Eric, always appreciate the time, and uh, congrats on 30, and uh, who knows, maybe another 30 to come. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk to my retirement fund and see what shape that's in, and that'll determine how far we go. But again, you guys have been fantastic. We consider we love you guys, and, and CHML is our is is our, is our network home, and uh, we look forward to. Uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe another thirty. But uh, thanks for your support this far, and uh, thanks to all the fans out there and our sponsors and everybody listening. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and when you're having fun, you don't want to stop. Et, thanks for the time. Have a good one. So long, Rick. Eric Thomas, host of Raceline Radio, Sundays at 8 p.m. on 900 CHML, celebrating 30 years on the air. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. The Hamilton Bulldogs. Ice hot. Can I put it that way? Of course. They become the first team to clinch a playoff spot in the Ontario Hockey League this season. They're on a serious heater. Ten straight wins. None of the victory Last night against the Barry Colts, a couple of goals in the third period, about uh, 20-some-odd seconds apart, and uh, they continue to motor on. Jay McKee is the head coach of the Hamilton Bulldogs and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. How are you? Good. How's it going? Uh, doing good. No complaints right now. I, I think more than good. You guys, uh, as I said, are on a serious winning streak. What is going right for this team right now? Oh, I, I think it's a combination uh, probably of a, a number of things. Um uh, you know, we've, we've got, number one, a good culture around the dressing room. The guys are staying very humble. Um, you know, when you go through this this kind of a streak, uh, I think it would be easy if you didn't have humble players, humble and hardworking. Um, you know, they could get away from their game and loosen up and uh, start playing a different way. But our guys are, you know, it's a team full of guys that are that are skilled and, and really hardworking. I think that's probably the number one key to, why we've had success this year and, and they pay attention to detail and they put the extra work in. Um, it's really a, a large combination of things, but, but ultimately it's on the players and, and the work that they put in. In a few days' time, uh, Hamilton is going to be hosting the Oshawa Generals in the outdoor showcase at Tim Hortons Field, knowing that is right around the corner, which obviously is going to be a very cool experience, not only for the fans, but for the players, for you as coaches as well. How have you kept the team focused on the next game on the schedule as opposed to looking forward to that awesome experience? Well, I think we've been that way all, all year long. Um, you know, we, you mentioned there that we had made the playoffs uh, in the opening, and and uh, you know that's something that we haven't even discussed as a team. We just kind of uh, focus one game at a, at a time, and and as a coaching staff, it's our job to have these guys prepared uh, through video and, and the things we do in practice with systems and whatnot, and and uh, that's really our focus daily. We we don't look ahead, and and uh, our players have been pretty good. I, I think obviously we're all excited. It's a really neat experience, and they're looking forward to it, but, but they know that we've got a, a really tough uh, team to play here today with Mississauga and, and uh, our guys have been very detailed and, and you know, they're, they're thinking one game at a time. And that's, that's a, another 
attribute to why we're having success right now. Jay, have you ever played in or even coached in an outdoor game? Uh, I, I, I played a couple for charity, but I, I haven't played in a competitive one. Um, there are some different variables when you get, uh, you know, uh, the wind and, and the different type of ice surface and even the surroundings when, uh, you know, when the seats aren't right on top of you like they are in, the, in a lot of arenas. It, it just feels like a little bit of a different uh, a different game. But, uh, you know, it takes everyone back to when they were kids and, and growing up on the outdoor ice and uh, and skating outside. It's uh, it's really neat uh Need opportunity for the team to be a part of something like this. Absolutely. Hamilton Bulldogs ranked fourth in the Canadian Hockey League. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, I, I think it's a testament to, again, like I said, how hard our guys have worked. Um, you know, to get up to, you know, anywhere in the top 10 ranking, um, you really have to do a lot of good things on the ice. And, and uh, you know, we don't put too much stock into it, we don't talk about it in the dressing room. Um, I think the players obviously see it and it gives them a sense of pride and, you know, almost some recognition for what they've been, been doing and achieving on the ice. So it's, uh, I, I'm happy for the guys to get that and I'm sure their families see it and talk about it. But uh, within the dressing room, um, you know, we have bigger goals in mind and it's not, uh, it's not rankings that get thrown up on, on Twitter or through social media. It's, uh, you know, much bigger than that. Yeah, and that includes winning the Ontario Hockey League, uh, obviously playing in the Memorial Cup, and hopefully winning that as well. Jay, good luck the rest of the way, especially this weekend and tonight in Mississauga. We'll chat with you down the road. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thanks very much. Talk to you soon. That is Jay McKee, head coach of the Hamilton Bulldogs. They are on a tear. Ten wins in a row, fourth ranked in the nation, first in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, A team that could and, and probably will break its all-time wins mark as an OHL franchise. A lot of great things happening with the Hamilton Bulldogs. If you want to be a part of the excitement, get your tickets, hamiltonbulldogs.com, ticketmaster.ca. And um, yeah, this outdoor game on uh, on Monday night, it's going to be nine for the high, so hopefully the ice holds up. But it's going to be an exciting game, not only for the fans, but the players who have never played in an outdoor showcase at Tim Hortons Field. That's going to be fun. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.